Welcome to Lipstick Attitude, hosted by Dr. Elizabeth King, psychotherapist, hypnotherapist, author, and motivational speaker, specializing in trauma and women's mental health, and Yvonne Haas, psychotherapist and coach specializing in relationships, couples, and women's issues. This show is your dose of inspiration, information, and laughter. In each episode, Dr. King and Yvonne bring you hacks, tips, and inspiring stories to help you live a successful life. So ladies, grab your lipstick. It's time to do this. The Lipstick Attitude Podcast is powered by Suits, Stilettos, and Lipstick Foundation, a nonprofit movement to empower women and children from all walks of life to be resilient, self-confident, and purposeful leaders through education, mentorship, and community outreach. To learn more, visit sslwomen.org. Please note that this show is intended to empower and educate. It is not meant to be utilized as a substitute for individual therapy. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. I can't believe I'm saying good afternoon. Usually we're recording in the morning, and this time we're recording in the afternoon. So good afternoon. This is Dr. Elizabeth King with my co-host, Yvonne Haas, and today with a very special guest, Mr. Rodney Lopez. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. hello. Are you guys hello, listening hello. to me? Are you falling asleep? <laughs> we are, I'm very I much feel like low energy. I, I, I'm very much awake and on edge right now. Okay, well <laughs> then, guess what? It's going to get even a little bit spicier, so get ready for the hot seat right here and now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just lured you in here, Rodney. We're not actually going to ask you any of the questions that we, we sent to you previously. We're just going to launch into the hot seat. Into oh, the hot man. Seat. Okay. All right. <laughs> this, <laughs> surprise. This is really the hot seat. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just okay. kidding. We have a very good show today. Uh, today's topic is the courage to dance badly, achieving vulnerability through dance, faith, and generosity. Ooh, I can't wait to hear your story, Rodney. I, I know it's going to be good. Um, so I'm going to just dig right in because, first of all, let me just say to our audience, because I'm hoping that Yvonne, uh, your team, is going to launch this podcast before October 23rd because Rodney Lopez is going to be in the hot seat for our October 23rd event. So we wanted to bring our guys onto the podcast so we could start the process and ease them in slowly. Actually, no. Trial by fire, baby. Trial by fire. There's no reason in anything. There's your moderator right there, there, and she's not easy, so get ready for that. No, you know, I'm really joking. It's going to be an amazing event. Uh, If you have not purchased your tickets, folks, I don't know what you are doing. First of all, you're going to be suffering from FOMO. I'm going to tell you that right now. You're going to be missing out, and you're going to be feeling bad because we are doing a fundraiser called Women, Whiskey, and Men in the Hot Seat. How much cooler could that be? I mean, that's hot. And we are raising funds for Project Kids because for the holidays, we do our toy drive. This is the 19th annual, by the way, folks. And last year, we uh, partnered up with the Boys and Girls Club. We're doing that again this year. We need thousands and thousands of toys. We need your money your donation, your generosity to help us make sure that every child receives a toy this year. And also Project Kids has, uh, it's the umbrella for our mentorship program called RISE, which we are launching with the Boys and Girls Club. You're impacting thousands and thousands of kids. 
So we want you to be part of this. It's going to be so much fun. You will see and hear Rodney speak about his journey. Of course, during the hot seat, I'm not sure you get a chance to hear about his journey. So because we have a lot, we have a lot of other questions to ask, don't we, Rod? There's another agenda going on at the hot seat. <laughs> Listen, folks, if you have not purchased your ticket, go to SSLwomen.org and get them right now if you haven't done so already. Well, with no further ado, I need to go ahead and just uh, give you a little bit of background on Rodney. I am so excited. Um, Rodney was born and raised in the Bronx, which, by the way, I was not born but, but raised in the Bronx, so we'll have to talk offline. <laughs> yeah, woo, woo. Rodney Eric Lopez is a seasoned and sought after educator, artist, and nonprofit leader. His diverse professional background includes successful tenures in teaching artistry in public schools in New York City and beyond, training, coaching, and facilitation, corporate communications, and public relations and executive nonprofit leadership. So, oh my gosh, you have like, when I'm reading your bio, I'm going check, check, check. Like everything I love is right in your bio. <laughs> I think we have a parallel life story. So uh, definitely offline, we will chat some more, but uh, I'm so happy to have you here. So happy you said yes to being part of the Men in the Hot Seat. Uh, and, and honestly, you said yes immediately. So. Yvonne, take it from there and start start drilling this man. <laughs> well, we're going to ease on into it. So, Rodney, let me just ask you, you know, we, we reach out to gentlemen to be in the hot seat, and a lot of them, their first response is, oh, Lord, no, or there's no <laughs> way I'm going to do that, or why would I submit myself to something like that? Um, but why did you say yes? Because like Dr. King said, you said yes without hesitation and, and jumped right in. So what was your reason for saying yes? To be perfectly honest, I had all of those thoughts. However, if I'm speaking truthfully, if I'm speaking truthfully, I, I thought all of the same things that these other gentlemen have. But I said yes because, I mean, the first, the first reason is um, what you're doing um, with the SSL Foundation is just critical work. It's important work uh, to serve young people, to serve your community, and anything that is in service of, of a philanthropic effort, um, you know, just can't, can't be all bad. And the fact that, 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 you know, it's this really fun, engaging dialogue and, uh, and you know, and putting men in an uncomfortable position, uh, you know, we need to be put in uncomfortable positions sometimes because you want to get... Uh, sort of honest, right to the heart answers. And, uh, and even if we're a little uncomfortable with that, uh, I think we'll be okay. We'll survive. And, and what's most important is have a good time awesome. and that you make, and that you make a ton of money raising money uh, for what you, for what you're doing, because the work you're doing around kids you. and young people is just critical. And so anything I can do to be a support to that is just, is just a, 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 a wonderful opportunity for me. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And, you know, when, when you said yes, we, you know, immediately after our men say yes, the next thing we want to know is what really goes through your mind besides the no, like, are they crazy that I'm going to be sitting on here? What do you hope that women are going to walk away with? Uh, what kind of messaging do you hope that they, they um, leave 
that panel with? I think anytime there are conversations around, you know, gendered conversations, right? When, you know, sort of particularly when women are, are, are wanting to interrogate men, you know, even if it's in, in just a friendly uh, environment, I think it always creates an opportunity for, for there to be real dialogue. And I certainly would expect and hope that it's fun and it's lively and you, and you give us a hard time. But I think at the end of it, what I'm hoping is that there's a real dialogue around around, um, you know, just what, what we're thinking as men, what, we're, uh, what are our hopes, what are our dreams, what are our fears, what are our insecurities, particularly as they relate to women. And I think that we have grown up in a particular generation around uh, roles, uh, you know, roles that men should play, roles that women should play. We've been acculturated and cultured in a certain way. Um, if you come uh, from a community of color, there's, there's another layer to that. Um, and so there are all of these layers and, 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 um, and levels to how men communicate, how men and women communicate. And even if it's an environment, even if it's an in a playful environment, um, I always welcome the opportunity for that kind of that kind of dialogue because I think it never hurts to get the other side. And as long as we're having a, a conversation that's respectful um, and joyful, then I think everybody who participates is going to get something wonderful out of it. Well, I, I can promise you that my questions will be respectful, but when we open it up to the audience, I have no guarantees. Once we <laughs> open it up and it's free reign question then you guys are on your own. And what will be interesting this time is that you're not all, because it's a virtual event, all the men are not sitting together up at the front as like a united front together where you can just hand the mic over and say, oh no, I'm not taking this one, you take that one. Um, so that that should be very interesting. It'll be, I think- I think it's gonna be, I think you're right. I think it's gonna be really interesting because you can't, we can't, you know, strengthen numbers. And, yeah, and we, right. would, you know, we, would probably, we would probably just kind of get closer to each other on the stage um, <laughs> and, and find that and find that support. But, but in all honesty, I think it's, I think it's fine. We're gonna be in our little Zoom boxes from the, from the comfort of our own homes mm -hmm. and our offices, and that's cool. And, uh, and I think if we're willing to put ourselves on the firing squad, then, then we've got to take what comes. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna have a great time. You are gonna have a great time. I love it. That's awesome. So, Rodney, do you have uh, any female or, or women role models, like women who have inspired you? I I have a number of them, and I and I think about this often when I think about my professional career and my vocational career. I have had the privilege of, especially for the first part of my career, and even even to even through today. Um, I have worked for some very influential women and have had the, actually the privilege of reporting to and working with some incredible women in my career whom, uh, for whom I have nothing but the highest regard and the highest respect and who taught me about what it means to be a leader. And and what it means to what it means to achieve, and so it goes back to uh, really my first jobs out of college. My first jobs out of college were in the public relations field, uh, both in the nonprofit. 
corporate spaces. And my earliest supervisors were, were women. My first uh, director of communication job at the Upper Manhattan Empowerment Zone was working for a president and CEO by the name of Debbie Wright, who went on to run uh, the Carver Bank and who worked in the, the mayor's administration back in the early 90s in New York City. Um, in the dance world, I have worked for the owners of Dance Manhattan in New York City, uh, who were two incredible women co-owners, both artistic directors and business directors of one of the most uh, successful dance studios in New York City. Uh, when I was part of dance companies, I was part of dance companies run um, by incredibly powerful uh, Latinas. And so in many spaces in my life, I have had the, the privilege of actually having to um, getting to work with some incredible women um, in positions of influence, authority, and leadership. And I've had an opportunity to learn a great deal in every one of those spaces. And I think the, one of the biggest role models I have in my life right now is, is my wife, uh, Dr. Noni Thomas-Lopez, who is an outstanding leader in her own right. Um, she's an independent school administrator. She uh, is the head of school at the Gordon School here in East Providence, where we live, um, where I've relocated to because of my wife and because of her amazing uh, leadership and trailblazing in this field. And so I'm blessed. Um, you know, I'm blessed to have incredible um, women in my life who are just outstanding in every facet of what they do. That's awesome. Um, well, let's get, let's get a little bit more personal with you because, you know, we talk to women uh, from across the globe about their Lipstick Attitude story. And uh, Lipstick Attitude, which is the name of the podcast, it's all about being courageous and resiliency. And, you know, but, but it's not unique just to women. You know, men also have to deal with life circumstances and it's what makes you who you are. So we asked women on our show to talk about their lipstick attitude. And I'm going to take, take a, a, a deep look into your lipstick attitude story, which is I've probably never been, we've never referred to a lipstick attitude for men. So you're like our first one <laughs> that we're actually saying that to. I, I think it's appropriate because when I heard, a, I read a little bit about your bio, I said, you know what? He, he really has one. He has one to share. So why don't you share your story of uh, how you got to be in dance and uh, your bio, you know, certainly speaks the worlds of what you've done in, in life. And it sounds like you are a, a true um, servant leader. I, I want to know how, how you got to be who you are and what, what got you to the place to say, this is what I do and, and this is my why. Mm. Uh, well, thank you for that. And thank you for the opportunity to, to, to share my story a little bit. I'll try to be um, as economical and yet thorough as I can be in the, in the limited time that we have. Um, you know, my, you know, sort of my lipstick attitude, right? Lipstick sort of representing the way I understand it from what I, the way I've heard, I've heard you speak about it. Um, you know, this idea of there's, there, there's power in that and there's, there, there, there's glamour, but there's also power and there's what the way you present yourself to the world, right? And so, and so for me, my lipstick attitude throughout my life has, has been built based on me trying to find my voice and who I am as, as a man, as a professional in all of the different roles that I've played in my life and continue to play uh, even in the most important ones as husband and as father. Um, but, but um, you know, I think everybody 
is on, we're all on the same journey. We're just on different roads, right? That's a very old statement. We're all on the same journey. We're just on different paths. And for me, my journey is about finding my voice and finding my purpose. And every step along the way has been, who is Rodney? Who is Rodney in this moment? And so much of, your, of a person's youth, and I count that you know, all the way into your 20s even, is really about getting from the place where you're, you're not trying to please other people and you're trying to find your authentic voice. Okay. And I have spent so much of my life in service of pleasing other people at the subjugation of who I am in the moment. And so many of my mistakes and my errors and the things that, I'm not gonna say I regret, but the things that, I, I, you know, the disappointments I've had in my life, most often has come because I've been trying to please someone else because there's been some deficiency in my life whether it's in my first family upbringing or in some other um some other challenge i've experienced and and i've i've made a decision to try to make somebody else happy when i probably should have been more focused on being my authentic self and that's what age and maturity is supposed to teach you that when you get to that certain point you realize wait a minute listen to your gut listen to your authentic voice and and that has been the through line of my um of the challenges and how i've kind of uh had to develop my own lipstick attitude in my own life the short version of this is essentially um you know, I'll, I'll start with career because I think that's where we can all kind of, we, we all kind of find a common thread. You know, I grew up, you know, my parents were very much about, my parents, you know, born and raised in Puerto Rico. They, you know, they met in New York City. I was born and raised in the Bronx, New York. And it was all about education, get an education. You're going to go to college, you're going to get a degree, and you're going to have a, an upwardly mobile, uh, you know, American experience. And so setting along that path, uh, you know, I got a journalism degree. I became a, I became a public relations uh, professional, starting in the nonprofit, moving into the corporate spaces. And I was checking all the boxes. I was doing what I was supposed to do, and yet I wasn't happy. And I had to figure out a way to you know, you know, hear the call of my life and where I was finding, where I was finding joy was in the exploration of this thing called salsa, which is, you know, a, an incredible, beautiful dance. It's an, it's an, it's an, it's a beautiful part of Puerto Rican and Latino culture writ large. And I got introduced to salsa by who else? A young lady who, who, who introduced me to this world. And I started dancing, then I started teaching dance and, and became a dance professional um, without ever spending a day in college uh, dancing, but finding a passion. When you, when you go after that passion, you are saying no to something else. And you're saying no to the respectful or respectable upwardly mobile thing that you spent thousands and tens of thousands of dollars in college to achieve. And that can be quite disappointing to your parents who are perplexed that you would make such a decision. Uh, and, and so this is, this is one sort of one very personal and difficult road because that also had financial consequences. Um, I lost income, I lost the safety net, I lost health benefits, and my debt came back to haunt me. All that debt I had been accumulating, college debt, tax debt, credit card debt, all those things that I had been, um, I, had, I had forgotten about and, and frankly had just made some poor choices around financially, um, caused me to be uh, the stereotypical starving artist in New York City and to have the, the I told you so's of, you know, of friends and family in your ear is, um, is actually soul crushing. 
and actually um, makes you second guess every choice you've made. Would you say? Um, And so that was that was sort of. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just I was thinking as you're saying that. Would you consider this to be like one of the lowest points in your life, like when when you start shedding everything that you have, and now you have all these all this debt, or or is there something even more? more happening that it's wow it's it's i love that you're you're asking me that question because uh, i think i have two competing low points of my life actually um i don't want to i don't want to try to create a hierarchy of pain but uh but but certainly there are two low points in my life one low point is when i'm sort of achieving you know sort of what's that you know the beginning of the height of my artistic career and yet personally am, am, am slave to uh you know to debt and um and no money in a bank account while i'm raising a young family but this is happening right as you know my two children are born kind of 15 months apart um and so so there is the stress of indebtedness of having to raise a family and of having supposed to be the man, like you're supposed to be the man who provides, right? Mm-hmm. And there are all of those messages and all those codes that are that are sort of, mm-hmm. that come with that and the guilt and embarrassment that comes with not fulfilling your role, right? Or at least thinking you're not fulfilling your role. And, and while that's happening, I'm also sort of living with the after effects of having gone through some very deep religious hurt because I had spent 13 years as part of a church that um, while I was young was very nurturing and life-affirming but towards the end of that experience actually became uh, very painful and very harmful uh, because they practiced uh, uh, they had a practice of excommunication that Mm -hmm. um, you know that I was that that I was subject to uh, just for being a normal guy. And a normal and a normal person, and uh, and I was excommunicated from this church, and that was and that was a that was sort of a spiritual mind trip because now all of a sudden you are not, um, you know, you are not you are not worthy in God's eyes, and so there is there is there is all of these all of these competing and overlapping um, experiences of guilt and shame that are living in my mind and in my soul at the same time. And so I think combined, those represent some of the lowest moments of my life, uh, sort of, you know, sort of from the mid to mid to late 20s of my life. And, 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 um, you know, maybe we'll get into to the what what's on the other side of that with another question. But but yeah, it was a very difficult time in my life. I was gonna ask you, Rodney, I love your comment about finding your voice, because when I started in the field, I always said my personal mission in life is to help everybody find their voice, be they four or 104, it doesn't matter to me. Like every, every child, no matter their age, gets to find their voice. So I would be interested in knowing, um, were these hurdles things that helped you find your voice? You know, or how did you keep your voice going when these hurdles you know, created so much hurt for you? Um, great question. So it is, it is a both and. It is yes, um, these are experiences, we all have life experiences that just, that kick our ass. And, 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 um, and these were some of them. And so these are the, the building blocks of finding your voice, finding your story. And in your hurt and in your pain and in your story, you get to help other people. You get to be a, um, you get to be a source of, of joy, hope, or inspiration for somebody else. There's a concept called 
the, the concept of the wounded healer, right? The person who was wounded can serve as a healer for someone else. And so certainly in, in my wounds and in the things that I've experienced, I have found it has helped me to find my voice. And at the same time, while I was going through it, I was also finding my voice then, although I probably couldn't articulate it at the time, right? Mm-hmm. I'm saying things like, my life sucks. Why, you know, why am I going through this? Why am I in so much debt? Um, you know, why do I keep getting bills from the IRS? Like all of those things are happening, but really what's happening is I'm, I'm learning subconsciously the vocabulary of, 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 um, of success down the road. And to, be, and to be sure, I was also learning my craft. I was, I was becoming a, a master teacher. I was becoming a master educator. I was becoming uh, a good father. I was becoming someone who, um, who was growing as a person, even if I couldn't recognize it at the time. And so both of those things are true at the same time. You know, it's interesting. We talk a lot about ha- having to be broken to have a breakthrough. And it sounds like you were definitely broken and, and the breakthroughs were coming fast and furious. But, you know, as, as I hear your story, I, I wonder, like, what happened? And I don't know if we have enough time in the world for you to share the, what happened to, number one, give you that lipstick attitude, that, you know, warrior, you know, I'm, I'm going forward no matter what. That, that's the first question. And what was going on through your head, right, to, to say, you know, you can do this? Because, you know, most people would have just, you know, put the sheets and the covers over their head and said, forget it, I'm, I'm giving up. So what, what really propelled you to, to make something happen so that you can move forward? Um, thank you for the question. So there are two things. First, um, first is 100% without a doubt, um, finally saying yes to therapy. I mean, you, there, there is such a, you know, in certain communities and certain whatever, you know, um, like people are down on therapy. And if you're, if you're within the sound of my voice, let go of that. Therapy is the best gift you can give to yourself. There is nothing wrong with you. You are not broken. You, there, you, there is nothing wrong with you. We all need as part of our self-care, whether we are going through something terrible or whether we just need, um, we, we just need to process the everyday ups and downs of life, um, find a professional that you can talk to. And so I went through a period where, um, you know, I finally said, I, I need some help. And, you know, my boys aren't going to do this for me or my significant other isn't the right person to talk to. Uh, you know, I need a professional. And, I, and it took me a while because the first professional isn't necessarily the best professional. So do your homework, you know, go, you know, shop around if you need to, but find that mental health professional who can reflect back to you what you're going through and create the space and the container for you to process what you're going through. So that was step number one in in the beginning of the healing journey. And I'm so grateful um, that I had someone who, who, who was just an incredible resource for me. I think the second thing was, um, you know, stepping out in faith, um, you know, after, after over a decade of not, um, of not wanting anything to do with church because I had been so badly 
scarred by this situation that I went through, uh, you know, I finally made my way back into a church. And, and the first thing that I heard the pastor say in that first uh, sermon that I went to was, if you want financial peace, start by giving. And when I heard that, my cynical New Yorker said, I don't believe you, pastor. All you're trying to do is get me to put money in the plate when you pass it around. And he issued a challenge. He said, start a giving practice. And if in six months your life is not changed, then, you know, just give the money. We'll, we'll give you your money back. And I was like, a money back guarantee from a church. Like, <laughs> wow. So I was like, okay. <laughs> Never heard of such a thing. Never heard right? that. Right? That's awesome. And in six months, my life was changed, ladies. My life was changed when I decided to step out in faith and with money that I didn't have, started a giving practice because what it started to do is it started to open up for me that um, I am not my financial, I am not my finance, I am not my finances. Um, mm -hmm. If there's always something to give and when you create space, um, universe makes space for you and creates abundance for you. So those were two things that really helped me to move the needle and helped me to move that, move myself forward so that I can, you know, develop a lipstick attitude that allows me to be with you both here today. Um, I have a question. So I, I get that that was a huge chunk of advice for you. Is there any other, and it's a two-part question. Is there another piece of advice that you received that made a huge impact on you? And if so, how long did it actually take you to take that advice? Because so many times we talk to people and they say, yeah, I got this advice when I was 25 and it took me till I was 75 to actually listen to it, right? Great, yeah, for sure, great question. So the first thing is the, the advice I got around giving, um, I implemented within, a, within the very first month of me hearing it, partly because I wanted to prove him wrong. And partly, <laughs> because, and partly because, honestly, I was in a situation where I was like, nothing else I'm doing is working, so I might as well try this, right? Like, all the decisions I had made about my money up until that point were awful. And so I can't go any worse than adopting a generosity practice. So that's number one. Um, another piece of advice that I got was, um, I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, you know, the wonderful Jack Canfield. I, 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 I have some of his recordings and I was listening to his recording several years ago. And he has this thing where he recommends that people um, literally for two weeks, write down for two weeks, every single day for two weeks, something that you notice that went well for you that day. So it's not full-on gratitude journaling, which I wound up taking up later, but it's, even, it's a step even before that. It's a practice of noticing. And he says, just notice for two weeks anything, no matter how small, that's going on in your life. Do it for two weeks, and something is going to change in your life after two weeks. And he wouldn't say what, because he said, if I tell you the what, it's going to ruin the surprise. And so I did a noticing journal for two weeks and I have to tell you, I'm not going to tell you what happens because I'm going to ruin it for you. Just <laughs> the, the, the universe conspires to bring good things in your life if you acknowledge um, the abundance that's already in it. And so that was a piece of advice that I took immediately um, and uh, and just saw wonderful benefit. But to your point, Yvonne, there are other pieces of advice that I wish I had taken uh, and I wish I had applied as soon as I got it. But instead, 
you know, I wanted the universe to teach me the lesson the hard way, learning over and over and over again that I should have made that decision, you know, 20 years ago. Well, you certainly have uh, given us a lot of uh, food for thought and a, a lot of wonderful tidbits that I think our listeners are going to walk away with, with nuggets from this. But if you could pick one message that you would want them to walk away with, what would that be? Oh, that's so, that's so hard. Um, I think, you know, honestly, I think the biggest message that, that, that's really resonating uh, for me right now, and I hope it is resonant for people who are, who are listening, um, is you are whole. You are complete. You are whole. You are complete. You are beloved of God or the source or the creator or the universe, kind of like however you interpret, um, you know, spirituality and the divine. Um, you're whole and you're complete. There's nothing wrong with you. Uh, are there things that we need to work on as human beings? We are a project. We are a work in progress until the day that we die. But I think the moment that we accept that we are whole and complete as we are, and we start to treat ourselves and love up on ourselves as if we are and believe that, um, then the world shifts uh, for us. And so I think if anybody is feeling like they're less than, you are not less than. If you are feeling incomplete, you are not. You are totally complete. Um, and so I think that's the that's the takeaway I would love for anybody to walk away with. Wow, that's King, awesome. I think we need to hire Rodney to do Thanks. our spokes commercials for therapy and for wow. understanding that you are enough. And I just think, oh, Rodney, oh. you are like right in line with with everything that Dr. King and myself and our board have been, you know, trying to put out there uh, to people. I am um, a little disappointed you didn't give me anything crazy enough to hold against you in the hot seat, but don't worry. Yeah. I'll, she'll, I'll she'll find she'll something. She'll find something. I know people who know you, so I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I, I think she's going to be digging so, until yes. she finds some dirt. <laughs> <laughs> if not, she'll make it up as <laughs> she goes along. I have, I have one uh, exactly. last question. Um, one last question, because I think it goes really hand in hand with, with what you just said. What do you hope your legacy will be? Um, you have given us so much, but what, and, and you're doing it, but what, what do you hope your legacy will be? I, I feel two ways about this question because on the one hand, I deeply, deeply, deeply want to, I deeply want to leave a legacy because I want to believe that my, whatever time I'm granted here on earth is going to mean something to somebody after me. Um, and I, at the same time, I hold that with, oh my goodness, is that like, does that, is, does that question reek of ego and arrogance, right? Because I'm one of 8 billion people on the planet and why do I get to leave a legacy and so many other people, you know, and, and so I always struggle with that question, right? Like, how do I want to answer that question? But I think, I think ultimately we each do leave a legacy and for some it's, 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 it's in our family and it's in our community and for others they're blessed to affect millions and billions of people and I think we just have to be okay with wherever we are left to feel an impact. So I think my legacy, number one, is going to be left 
through my children. I have two beautiful boys who are 16 and 17 years of age, and, and, and I hope that they take a piece of me with them wherever they go as adults after I pass on from the scene. So I, the, 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 the most important aspect of my legacy is seated in them and whatever they do with their lives. Um, I've also been blessed to be part of a, um, to be featured in a beautiful documentary, a hit documentary that came out in 2005 called Mad Hot Ballroom. And that was, a, a, you know, an incredible record of excellence in arts education in New York City. And I'm, and I'm grateful uh, to be part of the public record in that way. And I think lastly, you know, um, if I, you know, if I could just help somebody be more generous, if I can help somebody, uh, you know, find financial peace through generosity, if I can help uh, people come together and create community through dance, um, I've been blessed to touch thousands of lives, both adult and children's lives uh, up until now. And I hope I get to keep doing that. Um, I think that's the legacy, that somebody's going to be able to dance because of me, that somebody's going to be less afraid uh, because of me, that a community's going to be built because of something that I did. Um, uh, that's legacy enough for me. Oh, I, I think you're doing it, my friend. I think you're doing it. And, you know, I, I love asking this question because I think a lot of people feel that they don't get to leave a legacy because that's only for those people out there. But we that's all right. leave a legacy. And you said it very, very right on point that your legacy could be from raising your children to just being a great citizen. It, it, it's what do you want to create? How do you want to, uh, you know, whatever nugget are you leaving behind um, as your legacy? Um, so we'd love to challenge everyone out there that's uh, listening to this program and all of our podcasts to really uh, start working if you don't know what your legacy uh, is, to start working towards that. Always, I, I remember Stephen Covey said, always begin with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. And, and um, I feel that SSL Foundation is a legacy builder. That's what we strive to do, is to create legacy in everyone, because everyone is capable of doing it. Um, sure. But we need to just be cognizant and intentional about it. And, you know, the more we ask that question, the more we redirect. And by the way, folks, that doesn't mean that you can't change what your goal is. You can, all the way up until you're no longer on this planet, you can continue to change and grow. And that's the beauty of it all. You know, you recreate yourself. And, and so your legacy that you think today that you want to create may be something different next year. Um, but that's all okay as long as you are thinking of the end in mind and being intentional about it. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's, it's been amazing. And I wish we had more time because I could listen to you speak forever. You, you're very eloquent and you share your story so gracefully. And uh, we're so excited to have you uh, be part of the Men in the Hot Seat because even that um, is creating legacy. Um, believe it or not, it's a, it's a fun way to touch thousands of children's lives. And mm -hmm. if you can't, you can't think of a better way than to create legacy than to touch children's lives, right? So you're doing it. Thank you so much, Absolutely. Rodney. Yeah, we're, we're super excited to have you on the hot seat, Rodney. And I know today you have a giveaway for our listeners. So would you like to yeah. tell us what it is? 
Absolutely. Uh, please, I, I would I would love for uh, for you to enjoy one of my two uh, one of my two books uh, that are out there. You can get them on my website called uh, RodneyEricLopez.com/slash/free-resources. Uh, and basically, these two um, sort of these two free resources represent two of the passions of my life, uh, which are which are dance and generosity practices. And so I have an ebook uh, that's available called May I Have This Dance. And it's about how you find uh, how you how you can strengthen your relationship through the practice of social dance. And uh, it has it has improved my life and my relationships. Um, and it can improve yours uh, as well. And the other one is called the generosity solution. And that's finding financial peace through adopting a giving practice. And both of those are available for free. Uh, on my website, and I'd, I'd love to uh, have you read them, download them, and, and be in communication with you about it. Thank you. And we will definitely put that information in our show notes as part of the podcast. Mm -hmm. So if you guys did not catch that, you will see that in writing. Um, thank you for your generosity in offering that. And, and Rodney, also for a raffle item for our Men in the Hot Seat uh, event, he has also donated a dance class, a virtual dance class. So thank you for that. You buy lots of tickets. You imagine learning how to dance for Rodney all the way from New York City. Let me tell you, let me tell you, that's a, that's a, that, let me tell you why that's a treat because even though it's going to be virtual, um, you know, I have worked with, 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 with couples of any kind and it does and it's not just romantic couples. It can be your brother and sister. It can be two friends who want to get together and dance. So, so don't, don't let that stop you uh, from, from buying a raffle ticket. But, uh, but, but I've uh, got a long history of working with uh, people okay. dancing together and we're going to have a great time. So buy some I raffle tickets. Buy lots of raffle tickets. Um, they will be on sale by the time this airs, it will definitely be on sale. So buy lots and lots of them. So Yvonne, you wanna... And is that also where they can find you if they want to reach out to you is on your website? Can you just give us that information again? And we'll put it in the Absolutely. show notes. Please, it's www.rodneyericlopez.com. Uh, and you can also reach me at info at rodneyericlopez.com. Awesome. Well, Love it's it. that time of the show. Whip it out. And this I've is really funny. Up. Yeah, and he's got lip balm. This is really See? funny, no. guys. But Dr. King doesn't yell at you do for this. having lip balm and not no. lipstick. Just yeah. me. <laughs> just you. I yell at her for having lip balm. I'm just impressed that he has lip balm. Uh, right before we started yeah, recording, I said we're going to. My wife, my wife lets me know, like, no, you can't, you got to you got to work on this. So I'm, Oh, I'm so, okay, awesome. <laughs> yeah, right before the show, I'm like, well, we'll do this. You don't have to do anything. He's like, no, I have my lip balm. You are amazing. That is awesome. This is showing support for women empowerment. I love it. Okay, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Put on your lipstick attitude no matter what. We all go through lows and highs. And sometimes when those lows happen, we don't know what to do. So put on your lipstick attitude. It's your war paint. It reminds you that you are resilient, that you are enough that you can do it. So don't let anybody ever stop you, including yourself. Put on that lipstick attitude and go out there and kick some butt. Thank you everyone for joining us. And I hope that everyone is going to be part of the Women Whiskey and Men in the Hot Seat event on October 23rd. You can hear more from Rodney. You can hear from the other gentlemen. 
and you can do a lot of good. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Rodney. You've been an amazing guest and I'd love to have you back. So be, yeah. uh, be sure that we're gonna invite you back. <laughs> we love your message. We'd love to do it. We'd love thank, to do it. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Have a sassy one. Bye. Bye.